let's have some fun. A TV character or a character in a book or film that comes to mind when you think of chaos. Miss Piggy. Please explain. Like, the Muppets are an embodiment of, like... Oh, big time. These, like, creative types. And you've got the Kermit the Frogs, people that like order and are constantly trying to put things together. And you've got the Miss Piggies, who are constantly trying to tear everything apart. My goodness. And so if you have just Miss Piggy, you have crap. If you have just Kermit the Frog, I mean, he's lovable, but but you're kind of going to have crap. You got to put the order. You got the rainbow connection. Yeah, it's very sweet. Someday (laughs) we'll find it. (laughs) So my favorite movie of all time, I watch it every four years, is like Water for Chocolate. Oh, yes. And when I think of the relationship between Tita and Pedro. Okay. And at the end, how they kind of erupted. You know, all the chaos that they experienced in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that love affair that they couldn't really have. Yeah. It kind of kind of came together and exploded. That's the first thing that popped in my head. Yeah, you're going to probably end up watching it this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite character from a book or film or maybe a TV show uh, that embodies chaos? Oh, well, Uh, I did see Hamilton when it was uh, in theater. I would say Hamilton itself was pretty chaotic. Yeah. There is a lot of that sort of intensity and jumping around. Mm -hmm. All that chaos, does it spark passion? I would say so. Mm -hmm. I was just watching a thing last night about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Sure. And I think in terms of turning chaos into a positive... The character of Indiana Jones is a great role model. I mean, if you look at those movies and you look at the situations that he's thrown in, everyone is more chaotic, more frenzied, more crazy than the one before. And he's always looking for the way out, the most creative thing. Wait, what does this really mean? And I think that's a good way to look at the chaos in everybody's life. I'm Thomas Fox from Creative Mornings Cleveland. We're thrilled to have the Front Porch Media Network on board as our official podcast partner. Front Porch is Cleveland's premier podcast and radio network, committed to producing and delivering the best original content and engaging shows. Right now, you're listening to Wake Up Call, their newest podcast, recorded and produced on location as part of Creative Mornings Cleveland's monthly lecture series. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. I'm your host, David Allen Moss of Evergreen Podcasts, a proud member of the Front Porch Media Network. Thanks for joining us for Wake Up Call at Creative Mornings Cleveland. Wake Up Call is like your first cup of coffee. It's your opportunity to connect with the creative community, talk shop, and explore themes inspired by today's breakfast lecture. It's here we invite attendees of the lecture series to join us for coffee and conversation full of -of out-of-the-box thinking to spark your imagination. In our ninth episode of Wake Up Call, we're exploring the theme, chaos. We'll be joined by Creative Mornings attendees, Karen Long, Mike Comstock, Kathy Spicer, Zoe Brown, and Mary Stalter. We're most pleased to have had the opportunity to sit down and talk with today's guest speaker, Margot Hudson. And we share some moments with the host of Creative Mornings Cleveland, Thomas Fox. Good morning, Karen. Let's jump right in. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the word chaos? 
I think that entropy will win in the end. That's how I think about my housekeeping, right? So, you know, my ancestors, particularly my grandmother and mother, would be horrified that I'm on the record saying that now. But Entropy will win in the end. That's beautiful. Talk a little bit about just chaos in terms of, you know, uh, maybe in your life how you um, <laughs> keep it uh, under wraps or how do you, maybe how you use it as fuel for what you do. Well... We could talk about my chaos and close down the bar, so I don't think we need to go that deep. (laughs) Um, I think, though I hate to quote him, Woody Allen is right that 80% of life is showing up and trusting that in the murk, something will emerge in the story you're trying to tell, in the work you're trying to do, that making oneself present is the fundamental act. And I work at the Cleveland Foundation now with the Annisfield Wolf Book Awards, which are the only juried prize in the country for the best books each year that tackle racism and questions of diversity. Um, And we have our big week next week. This is our soft launch with Creative Mornings because the chaos of illiteracy is a way to think about what isn't present in so many people's Mm -hmm. lives. And as I go about my rounds trying to help, trying to not add to the chaos. You know, I try to keep humility because every day there's another occasion for me to be humble. I, I love how you connected that uh, illiteracy with chaos and the reality of, of what it's like to live and go through life with illiteracy as something that's sort of, if not hanging over you, following you around, and it's different every day. I would say in some cases presents a greater challenge on one day than the other day, so it's unpredictable and scary. People are scary creative, and, and they, they figure out workarounds. They find ways around. I know someone who waits in a restaurant to hear what other people are ordering because he can't read. So, But that is a miserable way to be. Right. And, you know, we are so lucky to have Margot Hudson here to talk to us about the K2 summit that is moving from low literacy, great issue in the Cleveland community, as in a terrible issue in the Cleveland community. Tell us again about where folks can tap into your event or even your movement going forward. So the most important thing today is Seeds of Literacy, which is the small nonprofit that is in a number of Cleveland neighborhoods, offers one-on-one help. Volunteers matched recruited from churches, all walks of life. People don't wake up and say, I want to be more literate. They wake up and say, I want to help my kids with their homework, or I want a better job. And so whatever on-ramp it is, the Seeds of Literacy here does a beautiful job of matching and helping people work where they are. Wonderful. It's great meeting you. We're really excited to hear about what you're doing, and uh, we can't. We look forward to the speech later, and uh, it's great meeting you. Hi, Mary. Hi. What's the first thought or feeling uh, or situation that comes to mind when you hear the word chaos? I think discomfort. I think I find that when my life's in chaos, I want to organize everything. Um, But a lot of times you just can't do that. So it's really uncomfortable, but you know, you just got to let it go and just go with it. So you got to work with that discomfort or let it flow, Mm -hmm. huh? Yeah.
All right, my name's Mike Comstock. I am with Case Western Reserve University. I, uh, I manage their internal media production team, and we're always looking for ways to get more creative ideas and inspire creativity on my team. So that's I figured awesome. checking out Creative Mornings would be a, a great way to see if that's something maybe my team should be you know, encouraged to participate in. Tell me about what attracted you to working at a university and talk a little bit about where you see chaos and, and how it's harnessed or how it maybe takes over. Well, uh, working in video production, it's it's always chaos. So you right. know you have to be ready to jump and move and adjust for different uh, changes in schedule, changes in tone, new people brought in to approve projects who weren't there in the beginning, who change everything. Yeah, right, <laughs> it, yeah. it can come from anywhere. So when you think of chaos, when you hear the word, what's the first thought or feeling that comes to mind? When I first think of chaos, I think of something bad. You know, chaos yeah. really has a negative connotation, and it's really... Like, warning, warning. Warning, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, uh, you, you think of everything as disorderly, and everything's, you know, not, not under control. But um, I, I've learned over my many years uh, working, in, you know, with chaos... <laughs> right. ...that sometimes chaos is a really good thing, because it, it, it does offer you opportunities that sometimes you wouldn't get any other way. When that shoot gets canceled at the last minute, well, wait a second, this other thing, now we can do this other thing, and this other thing is even cooler. So it's not always negative. Right. What about in your day in, day out? So we talk about there's, there's sort of external chaos and there's internal chaos. Talk about how that contributes to, to what you do and, and, and maybe some hacks for the creative <laughs> audience on how you manage... You know, we always talk about how do you stay calm, you know? That's a good question, and there's times that I wonder how I stayed calm through, the, <laughs> through yeah. things just right. on my own. Right. Um, you know, when I look at the chaos that, that comes and goes through, through my life, both at work and at home, I think the key for me is to not get caught up in the negative connotation, to, to not look at the change, the, the craziness as a bad thing. It's, it's all about looking at it and saying, what's next? How can we fix this? How can we salvage this? How can we do something else with this? What opportunity that we, are we given that we didn't have before? So chaos brings opportunity. That's kind of a neat way of looking at it. Th that's that's it a great sparks. way to sum it up. It can spark creativity. Well, listen, thanks for joining us. It was all great right. meeting you. Great. Enjoy thanks your day. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks. Can you think of a thought or a feeling or a situation that comes to mind when you hear the word chaos? I think of messy. It's all over the place. But, you know, just because there's chaos doesn't mean that there isn't beauty, doesn't uh, mean that there isn't opportunity, right doesn't on. mean that there isn't more to explore, right? There's chaos because there's more. Yes. And we got to sort through it. We got to sort through it. We are here with Thomas Fox. What's that thought, that feeling, a situation that, that comes to mind when you hear the word chaos? Planning creative mornings. <laughs> <laughs> you said event planning, and I can relate. Yeah. Everything's supposed to be a bit of a mess. If I'm making something and I know exactly what it's supposed to be, I mean, maybe different other people are different, but... If something doesn't come from a little bit of, like, an ugly place, like, I want things to be a little bit nasty. 
Like, otherwise, like, it's not interesting. You've got beige. So you talk about chaos events like this. How do you stay calm in the... Do you find... Where, where is As the I eye? sip coffee? Where is the eye? <laughs> I know, it's like, it's so counterproductive. Where is the eye in the storm? I'm just as terrified of the limelight as anybody else. I'm just as afraid of, you know, as people are like, oh, you're naturally an extrovert. Clearly you've got this. But I've, I don't feel that way at all. I can find this, this space where I can sort of escape mind and body and um, be a part of something. And finding that spot where I'm not thinking about what's happening right now, like life is happening right now, and I have no choice but this moment. Chaos is always going to be there. Is it a tool in itself? I think it's sort of the, like, the path of the adventure. Like You're in it and things are crazy. Like, until you get to that moment, you're planning and you're building and you're acquiring skills. Which, When you're at that moment and your foot's on the accelerator... I, just, I live for that. It's the color. The color? Yeah, it is. You don't remember that proposal that you landed after, you know, in one submission with a phone call. Mm-hmm. You remember that time you flew up to Minneapolis, wrecked the car on the way out of the garage, got lost, finally found your location, had this crazy lunch where you're eating, you know, artichoke dip with a spoon, and, you know, you get stuck in the elevator. You know, you, you remember that. You remember that because it's the intense nature of it it's the color it's the i still i'm going to get to the end i'm going to i'm going to get to the goal but it's more of a ropes course kathy first thought feeling that comes to mind when you hear the word chaos i think of the calm in the storm because always in the in a moment of chaos there's always that moment of calm and that's where you find the answer and we can collect ourselves when that moment hits. We can kind of yeah. get our bearings. Right, because I always feel like you have a choice. Whatever's happening around you that's causing the chaos, the only thing you can control is yourself and your attitude and your approach to it. Thank you for going there. You're the first one to just say, listen, sometimes I'm making the chaos. Yes. In the way I react to my day, mm-hmm. in the way I react to my project, my job, my relationship, right? Yep. Can you talk just a little bit more about that? What You got any hacks for that? Maybe it is this idea that there's always a calm place you can find? What? I, th- I think self-awareness is, is important, and I think as soon as you can identify that, whether if you are the cause of the chaos, the minute you can see it for what it is, you have the ability to then detach. You know, I, I think about one situation, I think, think about this was many years ago um, during the dot-com crash. I had to lay off almost half my staff. And it was brutal, and it was awful. And, you know, just everybody was on edge. Everybody's super tense, waiting for the shoe to I've drop. I've been there. It's, yeah, it's... It's, it's, not, it's no picnic. No, but the one thing I realized what I was contributing to it, and I was making chaos for myself, is that I was blaming myself for it. And I think, you know, I was creating so much, making it so much worse, yeah. because I was so tense, and I was so agitated, and just trying to figure out how can I fix it, even though there's nothing I could do. There was no way for me to fix it. And this isn't my fault. Like, it's not my fault that the stock market just took a just tank. As soon as I was able to do that, I was able to give myself some peace and then approach it differently and say, you know what, this isn't my fault and I don't have to blame myself and I can refocus and think about, okay, I have to make these decisions and they're horrible. But then the, for the people left behind, 
they still need me too. You know, like I still have a job to do and I still have things I That's have right. to get done and I still have clients to take care of and I still have all these things that I need to do. So I can't contribute to that chaos. All I can do is detach from it, see it for what it is, and then that takes its power away. Well, listen, you may be puzzled by my facial expressions, but Kathy just found a way to thread the needle with almost every theme from Creative Mornings in the last eight episodes. Because I am that I, magical. You, you hit on courage, anxiety. <laughs> that Community, was just beautiful. all of it, yeah. I mean, rewind the tape. In a lot of our conversations that we've had in our first season, we talk about practice. Mm -hmm. And you just said it in such a natural way that, that the reality is if we look at chaos we have to put something into practice exactly and we can actually leverage it a little absolutely. bit absolutely we, we, we're talking about how you can put chaos to work can you mm -hmm. maybe give another example or you know just observation on how chaos can be the fuel for creativity or for for what you do i think it really makes you hone in on what matters and what's important and what is it that you're trying to accomplish because sometimes through all that clutter something's going to rise to the top that's going to make a difference and that's where you find your focus and that's where you find what's going to propel you either towards something to say I'm going to fix it or retreat and this is not where I want to be and I need to get out because this is not this does not speak to my soul this does not speak to what I'm all about and I need to move on Ready? the beautiful thing is chaos spurs response, it spurs yes. action. Well, I have the chaos you, of like I'm unemployed said, right now. I lost my job a couple months ago, I got laid off. So that creates chaos in my own life. And I have two ways I can look at that. I can spiral and hit down into the pit of despair, or I can say, this is my opportunity. And I can take what I know and I can see what I'm really made of and I can make something else happen for myself. Good morning. My name is Margo Hudson. I am a graduate of Seeds of Literacy, a basic education and high school equivalency prep program for adults in Cleveland, Ohio. Today, I am honored to share my story of how literacy turned chaos into opportunity. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. I had a hard childhood with the Bruce in the home. I left home when I was 16. I didn't finish the ninth grade. I went right to work. I had a lot of jobs, but none of them paid very well. By the time I was in my 40s, I was working at the airport, cleaning airplanes. It was hard work. You were out in the elements and had to work fast, cleaning planes between flights. I wanted something else, but I didn't think I had anything to offer anyone. I didn't have my GED, and I didn't have much self-confidence. I cleaned airplanes and didn't think I had anything in common with people who were flying on those planes. I thought to myself, I've got to do something with my life. I want to get my GED and check it off my list. I had tried programs before, but I didn't finish. I came to Seeds of Literacy because it had one-on-one -on -one tutoring. I was determined that this time would be different. I worked on my GED for 11 years. I studied every chance I got. On my lunch break, 15-minute break, while I was waiting on my ride. On the bus, in the doctor's office, I didn't give up. I took the GED six times I will never forget the phone call 
from Chris at Seeds telling me that I had passed. I didn't know at the time, but my life will never be the same. I got a better job working in the President's Club at the airport. I started to read more. I started to think I had something to offer others. I started volunteering at Seeds. I thought I would help with filing, but they asked me to tutor. So for the past six years, I've been tutoring students twice a week on my days off. My specialty is fractions. I had always wanted to play music, so I started taking keyboard lessons and practicing every day. I learned to make candy, knit roughly scarves, and duct tape crafts. I kept learning new things. I started talking to my customers at the club. I felt that I had something to share. We talk about books we read and our families, and I shared my story with them. Many of my customers are in business and government. I would have never thought I had anything in common with them, but I do. In 2016, I won the National Learner of the Year Award. I attended a conference in Dallas to accept the award and participate in workshops. Governor Kasich gave me the Courage Award, and I was invited to lead the Pledge of Allegiance at a session of the Republican National Convention here in Cleveland. I was named one of Cleveland's most interesting people in 2017 by Cleveland Magazine. The Cleveland Foundation chose me as one of Cleveland's placemaker this year. And I'm so honored to be a part of Creative Mornings today. Best of all, I am now a literacy ambassador. Over the past two and a half years, I've shared my stories about how education changed my life with people at homeless shelters, recovery programs, health fairs, back-to-school events, library programs, senators, and congresspeople. I want to give back to the community, and I can do that by sharing my passion about literacy and how the GED changed my life. I would never have imagined doing these things before I got my GED. I see opportunities now that I didn't before. When we feel shy or afraid, we miss opportunities and the chance to share ourselves. As Mel Robbins says in the five second rules, at any age and with any goal, we have the power to own ourselves. Look inside, take a step, and try something to change your life. Literacy has made my life limitless. I am a different person with a different life now. I am always learning. I am always looking for what's next. I know I have more to offer now, and I am looking for the chance to do that. You know, whatever happens in our lives, we cannot go back. We are here now, and this is what we have to work with. It's hard sometimes. You have to want it and work at it. We need to continuously work on ourselves. We should be a different person than we were last month or last week or even yesterday. I learned these lessons through improving my literacy skills. 
We all can learn. We all can change. My advice for dreamers is to go for it. Surround yourself with quality people to see what's possible. It can be hard work, and you need to be disciplined and persistent. You might not get perfect, but you will get better. Thank you. Zoe. Yes. What'd you think of the theme today? Oh, my Lord. She was a perfect example of opportunity, insight, inspiration, just because she decided to learn. I told her, I said, you are the most inspirational person that I've ever met in my life. Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. We've got Margot Hudson, our guest speaker here today at Creative Mornings. You talked a little bit about how you turned chaos into opportunity, and it wasn't overnight. Can you describe maybe a feeling, that feeling you had when you said, you know what, I got to do something different. I'm ready. It's time. What was that like? So just going through different places, employment, they said you had to have the GED, or at least if, if you close to testing, we'll hire you. So once I found the airport, um, cleaning airplanes between flights, and you're rushing around in that, and you're out yeah. there in the elements when it's really hot and sure. really cold. So now you're really being pushed. So you just, you're just yes. it's uncomfortable. I mean, you're, you're and a hard I was worker. In my 40s. I was in my 40s, and so that was hard running around all yeah. day out in the elements. So at that point, I knew I wanted a better life for myself, and I knew it was time for me to get my GED. Yeah. So I had reached out to First Call for help, and they directed me to Seeds of Literacy. And, you know, I studied for 11 years on and off. Wow. And then I took the GD six times before I passed. You know, I wasn't giving up. Was there ever a time when you took it and you just like, what, what's going on? I, no, I have just to had do to study again. more. Okay. I just had to study more. You knew what you needed to do. Yes, and you do get discouraged. You do have tears. Yeah. You are, and I tell the students that now when they say, oh, I'm taking a test tomorrow. And they, they tell me, oh, I didn't pass. Yes, you get discouraged. It's only normal because you want to pass. But right. we all learn differently. And, and it's, it's hard. As I said, it's hard. Do you, know? you think that the, maybe one of the hardest things, even after you accomplished everything, there's still chaos all around? You have family and friends with their things. You get pulled in and out of things. You have work. Do you think it can still be a force that you have to just get a better relationship with that chaos? Oh, yes. You definitely have to because it's always going to be chaos. Seems to me like you figured out a magic recipe how this all kind of powers your whole circle of life for you. It does, and this is my life now. I'm going to learn, I'm going to speak, I'm going to volunteer, I'm going to give back, I'm going to give to myself. You're you're in it. You know, before I got my GD and going through the sad part of my life, you know, I didn't. My self-esteem was low, right. very low. I didn't have any confidence in myself. So having that confidence, it makes all the difference. So once you start and you build your confidence, okay, I can do this, you know, I can do that, you know. It's sort of chicken and egg. You had to have enough confidence to push yourself to, yes. to make the change. But once you made that change, it just fed 
more confidence yes, into, and, into and you. Yes. And then you went and did the piano. I mean, you just, it just, you built on that. It's yes. a great model for how to and lead you know your what? life. That confidence, again, I didn't know my life would take off like it did. You've mentioned the airport a few times. It's almost a metaphor because from there... My life has been truly limitless. And, you know, that that's where the inspiration comes in. You realize every day is an opportunity to learn something new. You had said that you you would tell everyone to keep learning. Yes, definitely. You know, not to give up. I mean, some people would be, you know, said, well, I'm too old or I'm, I'm too this or too that. Oh, you're never too old and it's never too late. I mean, since I've been playing... Um, I've been doing keyboard lessons like a little bit over three years now. Wow. So I meet people and, you know, it comes in my work and saying, oh, you know, that's something I always want to do. You know, you inspire me. Somebody told me that one of their friends took piano lessons at 60 years old. So right. it's, it's never you, it's never too late, as Mel Robbins says, with any age and with any goal. It, yeah. uh, I love I love reading his book. Actually, one of my customers in the United Club was reading that book, and we always talk about different books we read, and that's with any other customers. Um, and this particular day, he came in and he had a book. He said he had just bought it, and I took a picture of it, and uh-huh. uh, it was a self improvement book. So I got it from the library, and I loved it. I renewed it. I think maybe. Twice, wow! Because I want—I definitely wanted to finish it, and I think everybody um, could read that book and benefit from reading that book. Mm-hmm. I, and I share it with other people's now the Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. That's great. It's wonderful to meet you. Thanks for My coming pleasure. on the show, and uh, we'll send you a, a link or an email when it's ready to listen, and uh, you can share with all your friends. And, I will. Thank you. And Thank good you luck with everything. A pleasure. It's, it's been a wonderful journey. Thank yeah. you. It's fascinating to gather ideas from so many people with different backgrounds and experiences, learning how people confront chaos and how we can use chaos as a catalyst for change and growth. We'd like to wrap the show with a couple quotes for inspiration. Today's first passage is from Terrence McKenna. Chaos is what we've lost touch with. This is why it is given a bad name. It is feared by the dominant archetype of our world, which is ego, which clenches because its existence is defined in terms of control. And Dan Whedon says, Chaos is the only thing that honestly wants you to grow, the only friend who really helps you be creative. Thanks for tuning in to Wake Up Call. We hope you find that thing that truly inspires you. Join us next month here at Creative Mornings Cleveland, where we'll be exploring the theme, Honesty. Wake Up Call is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, Cleveland's newest podcast company, and a proud member of the Front Porch Media Network. A special thanks to executive producers Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya, producer and audio engineer Dave Douglas, and account manager Connor Standish. We'd also like to thank Tubob Crew for the use of their song Rooster, available on iTunes. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review. It really helps. You can learn more about this and other podcasts from Evergreen at evergreenpodcasts.com. And I'm your host, David Allen Moss. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Call, Ideas That Crow. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States is locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, 
an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains. We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.